Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18, that's Kane Gang. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Um, got a little special edition, Monday night special edition. Got a special guest joining us here tonight on the show. I'd um, like to welcome, a lot of you guys know him as number 74. I would like to welcome in as number 87 because that's how he originally came into the U, number 87. But you guys know him as number 74, Eric Winston. Eric Winston, thank you so much for joining the show tonight. How you doing, bud? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Always, man. So, I shot Bird um, a couple uh, couple pictures from, I guess it's back in the days. Bird, do you have those pictures available or no? Let's see if he's bringing these pictures I need up. one second to pull those up, okay. man. I'm working on them right now, but we'll get them up there for him. All right. So, obviously, again, Eric, I've been around the program a long time. Obviously, I, I, re, I remember you coming in as a tight end. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think you were, like, number two in the nation um, as far as tight ends. and Depends on- what you look at. Some of them are maybe number one. Okay, listen. You were number one for in my book. Obviously, those rankings. You know. Yeah, you know what? It was it was Mercedes Lewis and I. Correct. Who's had, a, who's had an outstanding career in the play. correct. I think hell. I think he played last year. He might still be playing again this year. So he's he's been unbelievable. But yeah, I was uh, came came in as a tight end. Yeah, man. And you know, again, you look at the tradition of tight ends at the University of Miami. Um, obviously, you had some huge shoes to fill. Obviously, Shockey was right before you, Bubba Frank. So yeah, well, here's a picture that I took. Yeah. You were actually. Walking through the tunnel, you guys were coming. We were in Tennessee. You guys were walking through go. the tunnel, and I snapped that game. picture. <laughs> so, and then there we go. Oh. <laughs> Someone should have told me about that hair, man. I, I grew it long, and then you know there, that I had myself convinced that it was that it was looking good. And then uh, now that I see all these pictures, uh, I, I'm I'm wondering why anybody didn't help me. Man, listen, look at the transformation. Now, I don't know if that's a Swayze transformation when you guys were part of, but, I mean, obviously you came in as a tight end. You you know, you played a tight end, and then you moved to the O-line. What was the what was the reason behind going to the O-line? Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was multifaceted, and, I, and it's actually a pretty good story. You know, so when, when, I, when I got there, I was 6'6", 265, and, and I had been playing basketball as a uh, – and baseball, and so I, you know, I, to say that I had really lifted is is really in a um, is really kind of an overstatement. I hadn't really lifted before, and so I was just a naturally big kid, and 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 so when I, I got there and really started lifting, it was it was kind of a rude awakening because I was like, oh Christ, I got to be under two seventy if I want to play tight end here, and I was struggling to stay under two seventy for most of my freshman season, and it was I was. I was eating salads every night. You know, I was I was doing lap circuit in my dorm room every night, and I really was. I kept telling myself, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm supposed to be a tight end, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But during that season, and, and I'm sure you guys remember, Kellen, you know, really kind of was a, had a coming out party, and and really towards the end there with the Ohio State game had an unbelievable game. Might have even been the MVP if we end up winning that game. Um, just a and, and but all season had had a really good season. And, and I played a lot, but I played a lot, you know, much as a blocker and even towards that sometimes, you know, to stay in on, on help on pass pro. 
And for me, you know, pass pro was just, hey, move your feet, stay in front of them, block them out, right? It was, it wasn't, it was, I, I didn't, I didn't try to make it more complicated than it was. I was like, hey, I got good foot, foot quickness. I'll stay in front of them and make them try to run me over. And so, you know, I had started doing some of that and, and, and has helping where I could because I wanted to be on the field. And so, um, you know, I, I, I found myself actually being able to block some of these guys as a young guy pretty well. And, and so it kind of stuck with me. And some of the older guys kind of were giving me some ribbing early on, like, hey, you ain't going to be a tight end for that much longer. I didn't really want to hear it. So after the season, and, and, and this is probably mid or late January, I came into the weight room and Alonzo Highsmith was there. And he was in uh, he was in Swayze's office. He's like, "Hey man, I want to talk to you." And I, I'd never spoke to him. I mean, I knew who he was, but I'd never spoke to him. And so he uh, he goes, "Hey man, listen." He's like, "I watched you play this year, and you, you get you know you can have a nice career as a second or third tight end in the NFL, play some special teams, have have a great career." He said, "Or you can move the tackle and make a bunch of money. Choice is yours." And he walked, he walked right Cling. And, and, and this was, it was kind of a fortuitous timing because during this time, you know, I'd gone home and, and came back and, and I was just thinking, man, how am I going to, you know, continue to stay at the weight I need to stay at and be the athletic ability I need to be at to play here. And, and I, you know, a lot of it was going, you know, and, and Kellen was coming back and God bless him. I mean, unbelievable player. And, um, and, and so I wanted to be on the field more than anything. And, and so, I, the thought, you know, Carlos Joseph was leaving. I think, I don't think Vern left then, but uh, I think some of them, I, we just had a bunch of holes. I'm sorry, Carlos Joseph wasn't leaving. It was, um, it was Sherco and all those guys, Ron Berg. And, and, and we just had some, we had some holes coming up right on the offensive line and started thinking, well, you know, left tackle might be open here. And, um, you know, like, listen, like if, if maybe that's a better spot for me. And so I, I talked to Chud and, and at first Chud was, uh, resistant. He's like, Hey, listen, I've been thinking about this. We're going to do all these two tight end sets and we're going to have, we're going to move everywhere around and you're going to be, you're going to play like you're a starter. But then it kind of got to the point where it was like, Hey, let's just try this out. Right. And, and if it doesn't work during spring, you don't like it, you can come back. Right. And so that's really what it was. And I, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, Derek, I was probably 290 in three weeks. Like it was, <laughs> I started eating again and it was, it was, there was no problem at all. Um, and so in there, I, I got the, I won this position and probably six, seven practices and just didn't really look back, but that's, that's kind of how it unfolded right. uh, my freshman year. And as you guys remember, I played every game, uh, played a lot and a lot of, a lot of big games. I was, I was in a lot and, and loved playing tight end, but I just think, you know, the writing was kind of on the wall for me yeah. and where the position, not just at Miami was going, but the position around you know just in football was going i don't know if i had i would just i would have had to have been at a such peak physical shape that i don't know if i could have maintained it a long time and i, and I think at the end of the day alonzo was right uh, um i think i probably could have done something and made it maybe and and had a little career there as a second guy as a blocker doing all that but i, I definitely think i made the right decision in moving over you know w one thing that intrigues me is you know you talk about you know the Ohio State game, like, I don't know how Dorsey misses you in the flat. Like, I mean, obviously, I was in, I was at the game, and I, I, if you could rewind just that play Man, alone, like, I still think about it. I still think about it. I'm not kidding you. I still think about it. 
Uh, have, have you ever seen the movie Mr. Destiny with, yeah. um, with you know, where he like, you know, got you know, Michael Caine's the, the driver yeah, he comes back and instead of missing the ball, he ends up hitting the grand slam and marries the, the owner's wife or the owner's daughter and yada yada. And his whole life is different, you know, and, and, and it's one of those things like, you know, if I catch the pass there, you know, it's all of a sudden, am I the tight end now going through and is it like, 100%. like a different career whole thing? <laughs> You know, and, and and that's so crazy because obviously Dorsey had just gotten he's just gotten his bell rung, right? Yeah, you, and then you know, Crudup came in. I, I honestly think Crudup should have stayed in the next couple of plays. I again Dorsey was Dorsey again, like fantastic in career, you know, 38 and two as a starter. But man, I, I do think about that pass, and I don't oh, know yeah. if a lot of people remember that. Like, no, literally, I, they, that, they, that's game really over. Funny. I was like, I was the guy. I was, I was actually the guy. And, and, and I tell you what, so we had run that. We had run not the not the pass to that, but we had run the run to that play all year. So it was basically me come across the formation and then motion back across, and and all it was is a power play. We're going to pull the guard, but I actually was the. It was kind of a what we call power O, but it was like a, with an extra person because in power O the 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 fullback comes and 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 everybody blocks down. Fullback kicks out. Pull the guard into the hole. Jam it in there, right? Yeah. And and so we were running that play, but I was actually the lead guy. So we had taken a we take a wing. We come across, kick out the end. You know, instead of letting him get in the backfield, kick him out there now. Lead up, lead with the fullback. Bring the guard and and score obviously with Willis. And we ran it on the goal line that year. I mean, maybe every game. I mean, we really, I mean, we ran it all the time and and we're getting ready for the game and it's like the week of the game and and, and we're in like pre-practice and Chad grabs me and he's like, okay, you know how we run and gosh, I, I kind of actually forget what the play was called, but 46, I think for something. And he's like, here's what, I just want you to get a little wider than you usually do and just miss them and just fall out into the flat and we're just going to, we're going to lobby the pass. And, and, and it didn't actually I didn't dawn on me when we were practicing it like that actually could get called. Then we're in the game and and he calls it. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna score a touchdown. <laughs> and, and sure enough, I, I go over and and actually they had kicked their from what I remember, and maybe I'm remembering this wrong, who knows so long ago. But they kicked their their formation was down, and it was Dustin Fox, I think, there on the corner. Yeah. And he was he kind of came down to try to spill me, and I slipped right out, and I had him beat by three steps at least, and all I needed was just a little ball. I was right there. And, Unbelievable. Um, I mean, that, again, nobody probably remembers that play, but I think that play there is just it's indicative of how that game ended up being right yeah, like yeah. there were so many there were so many faults on on Miami's side who just allowed yeah. Ohio State to be yeah. you know, yeah, stay yeah, in yeah. that game 100%. you know I'll but, never forget the, the last part about that game um and the regulation on the pass interference call that everybody remembers but I I remember the game you know the, the ball went incomplete the game had ended and Sean Taylor took his helmet and threw it in the air celebrating and I just remember thinking for like a split second, I've never seen anybody throw a helmet that high. And it was so high in the air. I'm looking, and, and as and this is and this is what I really remember about it is as the helmet was coming down, I saw the flag coming out. No oh, way. Yeah. And so the helmet comes out, helmet throws out, flag comes in, and and everybody was because I mean everybody was on the field. People forget. We were on the field, right? Yeah. It wasn't like there wasn't a immediate fly. I mean, this was one of those things where coaches were on the field, 
wife's i mean it, you know it was one of those it was it was it was fireworks you name yeah, it again we were out there how it was <laughs> yeah and 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 i remember him scrambling around to get his earpieces that had fallen out the 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 to push them back in because i was like oh we gotta we gotta we got another play here they're, they're gonna have another chance so yeah that's those are the kind of the two i mean there's a lot of memories from that whole week and you find yourself still like bless but um but yeah those are the two memories of that game <laughs> You know, what's funny, too, is, you know, obviously the O2 didn't O2 season didn't end the way that, you know, the University of Miami, you know, players or fans or coaches, anybody wanted it to. But again, for you moving into O3, O4, um, again, you saw yourself really kind of uh, elevating, you know, going to a new position. And again, you played with some studs, too. I mean, Chris really? Myers was there. Joel was there. Yeah. But it wasn't I mean, even about Vernon the old Perry, line. Vernon Carey was there. Forget, man, Vernon was maybe the most physically impressive guy I've ever played with. But, I mean, but those O-line guys, those O-line guys were great. But how about that D-line? I mean, you're talking guys, Vince Wolfork and, and all those guys yeah. that were on the D. And like, how is it going against those guys in practice? Well, it's funny because, you know, when you get there as a freshman, you don't know any different, right? And so here, you know, you, you think back about it, right? And the, the D-line was Vince Wolfork, William Joseph, and Andrew McDougall, and and Andrew uh, Andrew Williams, Andrew Williams. Mm -hmm. that was that's first round first round first round third round and then behind that was was corn chief um Matt Matt Walters who who started a lot by himself already and was a fifth round pick and was a really good college player uh and so you had and all of those I think guys at least had a chance in the NFL I mean that's how good all of those guys were and so it, it was one of those things where, you know, you're kind of getting your ass kicked every day, as a, especially for me. <laughs> this is hard, right? Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play here. And you don't realize, like, you don't realize, like, if you can block these guys, you're like, you're going to be, you're going to be okay, right? right? And even if you can block these guys half the time, you're going to be okay. And so that was, for me, maybe in a weird way it was like it was better off that i didn't know any better right and so you kind of come in just trying to get better every day and just try to focus on getting better every day but that was um yeah those practices i mean everybody vilma dj williams rocky mcintosh that's first round first round first pick of the second round or third pick of the second round or something you know people just forget not only how talented that defense was but really how deep it was too. I mean, how young Kelly Jennings and Dwell oh. and Sean and Mo Sykes. And I mean, the list just went on Maxi and all these guys who, um, you know, got a chance in the NFL. So, I mean, it, it's, and not a, got a chance for most of them were first round picks. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was an insanely talented team. Um, and people forget too, that, you know, Shockey, Peabuck and Clinton Portis were all eligible for that team still too. Correct. Yeah, they decided to leave early, you know? Yeah, they Definitely decided to leave early. Yeah. You know, I always wonder, too, you know, how, how these juniors, when they decide to declare, how would the team have been the following year with those guys? Obviously, the, the season 02, McGay, he had probably one of the most statistical, phenomenal seasons in Miami history. Yeah. But, again, people don't realize that Frank Gore doesn't get hurt. McGay, he's probably not even on the field at that point. Yeah. But what if Portis decides to come back? You know, what if Shockey comes back? Yeah. You know, and there's all those things that come into play. And, right. and it's crazy just to think about that. You know what I mean? Um, 
you, you know, again, you played with some some good people. You played with some great people. You had, you know, that 02, 03 season, Brock Berlin, you know, obviously transferred from Florida coming in yeah. here. Um, you know, what was it like, you know, playing and, and being able to protect for, for a guy like Brock? Brock was great. He was, you know, Brock and, and all of them, you know, Ken was was similar. Like once you once you got to know Ken, I mean, obviously for a freshman and fifth year senior like that, you're not going to have a, a very close relationship with a guy like that. From a, as a freshman, I've actually got to know Ken much better. Actually, as as now that we're outside of the U, in a, in a weird way, just just on a different level here. But um, Brock and I were were really good friends. Um, we we kind of built a friendship up when he was when he first got there was when I first really got there, right? And so yeah. he was in a weird way not a freshman, but it, he was new to Miami as well, which I think kind of helped um, helped with some of that. He was from a big high school in Louisiana. I was from a big high school in, in, in Texas, and we were from a very similar place. Like, North Louisiana is just East Texas, right? Like, like South Louisiana, that's a whole different <laughs> area. North Louisiana is just kind of like East Texas. So I think we kind of spoke the same language, if you if you will, right? And 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 we, I think we just hit it off for a while. And and, and playing with Brock, you know, Brock Brock had such big shoes to fill coming in that I think he doesn't kind of get the due for how good of a quarterback I think he was. I mean, we went eleven and two that year, nine and three the next year. I think it was, and you know, obviously had a couple of down games, but had some amazing games in there too. And and. You know, he without him, you know, it would have been it would have been a, a big drop. He he really buoyed that. And again, I, I just don't think Brock gets the kind of credit he deserves. And, and, and a lot of it's just having to follow and not just not just follow Dorsey, but just follow some really insanely talented teams. Right. Well, Eric, real quick, we got to take, take a quick break. Obviously, here on SiriusXM, we have a couple sponsors. Do you mind just hanging on real quick? We'll go to break and then uh, we'll be right back. Is that okay with you? That's good. Yep. Bird takes the break. All right, you're listening to the Gang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio, channel 145. We'll be back with Eric Winston in just a moment. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM, yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuela Pola. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuela Pola. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuela Pola. Tongue of Iloa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva contra la caballota, la reina y mi queen. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. 
with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Back here on the Kang Gang Radio Show, chopping it up with number 74. I'm still going to call him number 87. Eric Winston, University of Miami alumni. Roughly 10-year NFL career. Is that, is, that a, is that accurate, Eric? About 10 years? 12 years, 12, that's right. Oh, 12, oh, 12, you're, you're not, 17. You're gonna, I'm going to get every single one of them. <laughs> 06, drafted by the Houston Texans. Um, you know, obviously you had a stint in, in KC, Arizona, um, Seattle as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, most of my career. So I played six years in Arizona, and, uh, sorry, six years in Houston to start it off, finished my last four in Cincinnati and had a Cincinnati. year. Yeah, had a year in Arizona, a year in Kansas City in between. So even in, at Miami, obviously being number 74, you go to the league, you still maintain that 74, 73 number. Was that just luck of the draw or was that just well, something I really you asked want, for? No, so, <laughs> you know, most of my time I was, I was 74 in Kansas City, but I was I was 73 everywhere else in in and really, so I got to Houston, and when I was drafted there, um, someone they had signed a free agent, Ephraim Salam, uh, who was a longtime vet, a uh, great guy, ended up becoming somewhat of a mentor to me, and 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 he had already asked for it and got seventy four, and so he was kind of like, hey, listen, you know, you can pay me for it, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to pay you, so. So I just I was like, all right, well, what's the next best number? And I, I kind of tossed around some others, but I really like the 70 series. So I went with 73 and, you know, it stuck a little bit. So it was good. I had a little bit of a differentiation. And then when I went to Kansas City, you know, a guy that had been there, John Osamoa, who I played next to, had been 74 for a while. So or sorry, had been 73 for a while. So uh, he wanted, you know, so I took 74 there. But. Yeah, 73 everywhere else. And, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of, sort of how it kind of ended up finishing out. Gotcha. You know, one thing I didn't bring up, and, and I really didn't want to touch on it, but I figure I might as well now. Going back to um, your 2004 season at Miami, I was in Atlanta, um, yeah. you know, the, the whole knee injury. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, it was it was towards the end of the game. There really wasn't yeah. a reason for your starters to be no, in it there. Was, it was 28-3 to three with eight minutes left in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I remember. Oh man. Uh obviously it's probably one of the the I don't want to say the worst times of your career, but was that pretty accurate? I mean, it was probably a devastating injury. Obviously, an ACL tear. I had mine done in 1999. Obviously, it didn't cost me anything, but yeah. do you feel like that cost you um a bigger payday per se going into the league, or were you kind of yes content no. with the injury? Yeah, yes and no. So I mean the, the tough part about it is and it was, I mean, it was ACL, MCL, PCL, MO. I mean, it was, it was oddly, it wasn't as bad as Willis's, obviously, because Willis had some meniscus and some, uh, some, some bone fragments, but, um, but it wasn't far off. Um, and it was, it, it was pretty bad. And, 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 and weirdly, his rehab sort of helped my rehab. I ended up going to the same PT, the same surgeon, and repairing some of the muscle that had gotten torn, similar to his. Um, and, and understanding kind of what was going to happen and what was going to go through. Weirdly, you know, and, for, and, and his was completely unfortunate as well. You know, his rehab sort of, I, I tracked him a little bit on that, right? And, and when I was going through it, it was, um, you know, listen, I, I try to look at everything as things happen for a reason. And, you know, whether you kind of believe in that stuff or not, and, you know, I can honestly tell you, I don't, I don't know if I do, but... I think you can always find positives in things. And yeah. 
I mean, you know, for me, you know, who knows what kind of career I would have had if I didn't get hurt. You know, I probably, I might've left early, um, might've went on and, and, and do I go to the, the right team? You know, the one thing that I can say is going to Houston really kind of set my career up because I was, I was linked up with Gary Kubiak, the outside zone scheme, and that fit who I was so well. Um, if I go to the Giants and I'm kind of forced to be a power player and I don't, you know, maybe I don't get the 330 and, you know, kind of a different type of player. And so I had a great career. And, and again, even you referenced it. And so I'll, I'll reference it, made a lot of money because I, you know, I, I was in the, I got fit in the right place. Right. And, and yeah, up front, it probably cost me some money as far as, you know, where you go in the, you know, the first round, second round, but you know, who knows, right? And 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 also on top of that, it was it was everything had gone really kind of really well for me my most of my life on, on from a sports standpoint. You know, I'd I'd kind of done really well in high school and and was really successful and was really successful at Miami. And that was kind of the first time anything went kind of wrong for me. And from a maturity standpoint, from being an adult standpoint, um, there was some like really tough times after I got hurt. Um, I wouldn't say like depression, but I was just, I would say that I really had to come to terms with, okay, this is, this is sort of the first hurdle of probably many hurdles and either you're going to get over it or you're not, but it's going to be up to you whether you're going to do it or not. And for me, I just learned a lot about myself more than anything. I learned a lot who I was and what it took. And, and it was extremely painful. Again, it wasn't, you know, these ACL injuries now, they're almost like plug and play. You're like back in six months, they figured it out. <laughs> you know, with this, we had to be so much more careful with it. I was locked down for six weeks afterwards um, in the brace because they were trying to let the muscle feel. They were trying to let the other ligaments heal. And so, you know, it's one of those things where, again, it, just for me personally, I try, again, I try to look at it and say, I think there was a lot of positives, honestly, for me personally, that came from it. Um, they did such a good job with my knee. I never was really bothered with it again after it really came back. Now, the only problem is it took probably 18 months, two years before it really felt normal, normal again, like where I could play without a brace and everything. But it is what it is. But yeah, I hear you. And it's, I, I still think about it, wonder wonder why I was in the game, but at the same time, you know, you got to take it for what it is and, and you got to roll with the punches. And that was a tough one, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud to say I, I kind of ate it and and was was willing to keep moving forward. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so, Eric, you added another really full-time job to yourself while you were playing in the league as a yeah. president of the NFL Players Association. Talk to us a little bit about how that came about. Yeah, as you guys know, I'm, I have zero opinions. Uh, don't, uh, don't talk about and um, don't have really much to say. So, uh, you know, for me, when I got in the league, um, there's a guy, Mark Bruner, who I'm sure you guys might Hi, remember, man. you know, as a tight end, played at University of Washington. Great career. I think he was in his 13th, 12th, 13th year when I was a rookie. And someone took me under his wing. Of just kind of learning how to be a professional, right? How to work out the right way, how to how to get ready for practice the right way, how to meet the right way, everything. And and he was actually on the executive committee of the NFLPA, which is like basically vice presidents, right? There's, so there's like a group of ten guys who are on this executive committee, and they really make 
them and the president together make really all the shots. They call all the shots, right? Along with the executive director and the professional staff. And, and I, you know, of course I was noticing things. Well, why, why is this done like this? And why are we doing it like this way? And why, you know, and he, yeah, I think he finally just got tired of answering questions from me and was like, Hey, why don't you come to one of these meetings and ask all the questions? They're great. And, and you should find out and find out for yourself. And, what I what I really enjoyed about it more than anything when I was when I was younger and kind of coming up and he you know kind of ushered me in there was it was just a group of like minded guys uh, from around the league that just cared about each other and just wanted to leave it a little bit better than they found it and I, I've always kind of felt that way whether I when I was at Miami and trying to tutor and try to go out and, and when the recruits were coming in and trying to bring those guys in. I, you know, my whole thing has always been, I just want to leave it a little bit better than I found it. And, and so, you know, I felt like, you know, that I never really asked for the job. Uh, I was always a, a rep for the team and, and, and always helped and was on committees. And, you know, we had a situation where just a lot of guys were turning off. It's an active player's role. So after you're done playing, you, you kind of move off. We just had a lot of retirements one year and a bunch of the old guys that were leaving, you know, said, Hey, we want you to do this. And, and so I, you know, listen, I, I said, I'm not going to run for it, but if a bunch of guys nominate me and want me to do it, then I'll do it. And, and I'm, I'm happy to help from any position there is, whether it's rep or not rep or whatever. Right. And um, that was it. That's kind of how I got there. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't planned. It wasn't something that I was, I really sought out, just wanted to help. And, and I wanted to, I wanted to help the other guys that I saw in the league and wanted to try to, you know, it, it, you know, all the, all, all of my interest, whether it's in business or, or um, I wouldn't say politics is really an interest, but like, you know, that's sort of that intersection of all of those things at the union job and, and more so just advocating for the guys in the locker room. And I just, that's just something that really appealed to me. Well, you talk about trying to help people out and, and, you know, help like nurture people. Here's somebody you probably used to help out. Bird, we got him here. <laughs> let me let me make something very very clear. If there was any nurturing going on between the two of us, it was for sure me nurturing Eric, not vice versa. Okay, so. uh, Yo, seven zero, man. I, I appreciate you hopping on, and obviously, you know, Eric, you didn't know that we were going to bring Joel. No, in, man. So. We actually were talking. We actually talked like two days ago. Yeah, did, Joel's did, my man. Yeah. man. Joel's my man. I, I love I love seven zero, man. And, it's just one of those things. So I'm glad I was able to bring him in, kind of surprise you a little bit. Obviously, I saw you and him at the pinstripe bowl, like I mentioned earlier. But uh, you know, I appreciate it. I mean, obviously, there's nothing like teammates, you know, getting reconnected and just you know chopping it up and stuff like that. And obviously, stories. You got any bad stories you can tell us about Joel or no? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, too much for radio, though, right? How long do you have? I don't know if they're okay for table view, to be honest with you. We had like there, you guys know we had a we had a, we had a great crew there for a long time. And just yeah. a great group of guys, especially on the offensive line, and some really really funny guys. And and you know that's really what to me that's more than memories, more than you know the brutal heat or anything else that we went through, you know, it's kind of a rite of passage, but the locker room and, and the stories and the singing and the yelling and, the, you know, going out, at, at the game, like that's the stuff to me that you remember and that you care about and, and uh, you know, the relationships you make for life. And that's, that's the, that to me is what you really carry through in the games with games and all the relationships really. 
do you ever think, obviously, do you think you ever think about getting into coaching? Obviously, Joel, um, you know, kind of went into the coaching realm. And you ever think about that? Every time I do, I call Joel and, and tell him to recite me everywhere he's lived in the last 10 years. And then I'm like, hey, I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I'm totally fine. We, uh, that was you know, actually... I, that was actually kind of the gist. Of, that was a that was a, the gist of our of our last discussion. Actually, it was like, no, like, why would you? Not you, but some uh, a mutual friend of ours that was thinking about. It, I was like, absolutely not. No, <laughs> I wouldn't do this. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, imagine imagine putting your livelihood at, at, at in the hands of like us as as eighteen and year olds. Like, <laughs> what kind of like what kind of like what kind of crazy degenerate would do that? I would have a heart attack if I was a coach. I, I try to coach my nine-year-old baseball team, and I'm like, I got to get out of here. I'm going to either strangle a kid or have a heart attack, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Uh, we got to see you get down to Paradise Camp next year, man. You, can, you give it at least a day, right? Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I, I, yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I've definitely talked about it. And, and to Joel's thing, it's just – when you, when you have the family, you have the young kids, you have them in school, and I bounced around a little bit at the end of my career, even though I kept going back to Cincinnati, there's a lot of insecurity there, and coaches, man, it's, you know, people see them on the sidelines, and it looks, oh, man, right in the middle of it, it's great, they make a lot of money, and it's hard, it's hard on the families, it's hard on them, you know, you never, you never, you never know sometimes, and, and I've seen guys move six straight years, right, and you see some lucky guys that get, get a 10-year stint somewhere, but you're you're always going to be leaving at some point, and and, yeah. and home sometimes never really home, and I think that's that's just a really tough spot. And once you're okay with that, you're okay with that. And, and again, I think Joel will tell you that there's a there's a ton of awesome things about it. But for me, where I was after I got done playing, and where my family was, it just it didn't make sense for me at least at that time. But I guess never say never. I, I'm I, I am a masochist, so I, I guess I, I would. I guess you know, coaching coaching would be a nice little cherry on top of uh, of it. Oh my word, that's great. So, hey Bert, how are we doing time wise? We got we, we real quick to the break, or we got about three minutes until we uh, until we hit break here. All right. So, you know, obviously this past weekend in Miami had Paradise Camp. Joel, you've been a part of that. You know, last couple of, you know years, um, it was good. Romberg was there. Like Joaquin was there. Uh, and, and listen, like, and again, I've known those guys for years and, you know, obviously, you know, you guys as well. And like, there's nothing like just seeing those guys and now them trying to coach. It's actually kind of funny, you know, watching them move around and sweating. And I'm like, yeah, it's not like when you guys were younger. Do you guys still stay in shape even at your age? Do you guys still do cardio or what are you guys doing to stay active? <laughs> I, I made a promise when I got done playing that I was never going to touch a weight again in my entire life. So... <laughs> And I've been pretty close to keeping that. Uh, no, I, it's funny. You, you put up the tight end picture, and I, I, I'm as light as I've been since uh, since since that picture. Probably, I'm, I got down to 270. I'm like, now I'm just eating right, and I do some cardio, do some push-ups, but man, I uh, I don't lift, I, I, and I don't miss it. To be honest with you, Joel. Now you're you're into coaching. Are, are you in the weight room at all? Are you trying to do anything as far as? No, no, not 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 in the weight room. Absolutely not. No. So so no. But Joe, I, I gotta be honest with you. If there's any chance we can get Romberg with the clicker, and and have him go through, like have him coach up nine on seven, that would be that would be tremendous. 
I would actually not. I, I just wanted to hear the comments coming from him to the other players on nine on seven because I, I, I just feel like it would be so degrading. I have I have I have like tried to spur that on so much in our group chat, like you know, because like like especially now that I'm not on staff of Miami anymore, I can kind of be I can partake more in that group chat because before I wasn't on staff, so I really couldn't like. You know, yeah. what, are you, what are you gonna say, right? And, and yeah. you can't, and you can't say, can be held the kitchen before long, right? You know I mean? yeah. So, but now that I'm not staff anymore, I'm like, yeah, Brett. So, what the fuck are you? So, for for a to fucking do, like, you know, give me your coach report how to fucking back walk on the fucking so and so, and just the, the fucking cr- the crickets that emerge after that are fucking priceless, you know. So, oh, <laughs> uh, hey guys, real quick, we just gotta take a, a quick fifteen second break. Can you guys just hold on for us, real quick? Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back on the Ken Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM, Channel 145, Alumni 70 and 74. Eric Wentz and Joel Rodriguez. We'll be right back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad though. idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing, you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word won. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to 
take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Everybody in the Ken Gang Radio Show chopping it up, man. Former alumni, there's nothing like it. You know, you guys were talking about Romberg. Hey, Bird, did you get that picture I just sent you? I did. I'm, I'm actually sending it over to the computer right now. All so. right. You know, again, being able to see Romberg again, and and one of my biggest things is like back in the days at the OB, you know, you guys had Kane Fest, and, and it was nothing like being out there on the field. You know, it, it used to be fun back there. Today, it's all politics. They don't want you next to the players. All this, you know, Shapiro scandal and all this other stuff. You know, we're not slipping guys, you know, $15, $20. But, you know, back in the days, being able to hang out with you guys at Canes Fest, I mean, there was nothing like that. You know, we'd be able to run out on the field at the OB and just do different things. What were some of the, the memories that you had, Eric, especially about, you know, being in the OB? Oh, my God. Uh... I think the first that first Florida State game, the wide right three or, or whatever we called it now, um, my freshman year, and it was a bit of a blur. You know, you, we obviously were really good and, and, and kind of come into that game a little bit where we hadn't been challenged that much yet. And you find ourselves down 14. And I actually remember Romberg like, don't worry about it. We're going to get the ball. We're going to score. We're going to get it back and score again, right? And that was sort of – I was like, okay, okay, someone's got this. So thank God, okay, good, good. We're gonna be okay, right? <laughs> you're a freshman, you're just like looking around, like, I don't know, is this gonna be the end of this? And in those kind of, we had a screen pass, I think, to start the thing, and Willis took it down near the distance, yeah. scored, scored again, and then, um, you know, uh, yeah, look at that. That is. That's literally twenty. I mean, it's flashing, but that's twenty years look apart. Look at that bro. T-shirt. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> And, and, and he, had, he, he, has, the he has thrown up so many big cheese meals in the last twenty years. Oh, it's scary. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. He's the world's he's the, he's the world's heaviest bulimic of all time. <laughs> so who who was the craziest guy, yourselves excluded, on that offensive line? To me, being an outsider, not having been in that locker room, it'd have to be Romberg. But was there a guy who was more wild than him? Oh yeah, there were a bunch of guys. I mean, the the the. <laughs> The craziest, the craziest member who was a very short-term member of that football team ever was Miguel Robidi. <laughs> he was a Canadian guy that Art recruited. He was like from like I mean he was from like Yukon territory somewhere there where they like they like wrestle moose for fun or something. I don't know what he's doing. Like I mean, and the dude was on campus for like three weeks and he managed to like get written up for like public uh, Pissing on a on a bus stop like at eight in the morning with people in there. Uh, he tried he tried to fight a bar for giving the wrong beer or the at the Grove night. I mean, I'm pretty sure he probably physically accosted numerous bartenders and waitresses, you know, and his and his very short stint on can as a cane, you know. So yeah, that was always a great thing. Like no matter like how weird or how crazy, there's always someone that got you. So you were like, yeah. okay, I'm not weird. I'm not weird. I'm good. Yeah. 
I'm not that crazy. For that fucking guy, I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're good. We're good there. Thank God. Was there somebody? Was there somebody on the team? I don't care if offense or defense that you didn't like that you're you're able to air out now. Is there someone you didn't like? Either one of you guys. <laughs> didn't like, I just didn't like. I didn't. We didn't have a ton of guys that I was like, oh man. I I mean, I had a couple of guys I played with in the league that I was like, man. Yeah. But yeah. I look back and I'm like, I can't. There wasn't. A, there wasn't many. No. No, because I got weeded out pretty quick, man. It that's was hard thing. to be. Like, that's that, that's the thing. Like if you if you weren't going to be one of the, one of like our type guys, the locker room and the culture had a way of just kind of like making life really really difficult for you. So where either you left or you kind of fell in line. Either way, the Hurricanes got better for it. You know. Yeah, there was. I mean, there were guys that like I, I think you know just like any you take eighty people, you're not going to like mesh well with all eighty of them. But there were guys that like yeah, I just didn't really. No, well, but I, I, I didn't dislike too many that anybody I can remember and really respected everybody because everybody went through the same thing together. But when you share a sacrifice like that, there's just a certain level of respect that you have for everybody. Yeah. Eric, did you have a favorite game that you played in? No, I had a lot of favorite games. The, the, the game at Florida was the, my, my second game of the whole my whole career. I, I still look back and think that was awesome. It was um, the comeback, right? No, 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 you know, winning the Orange Bowl against them was a was a great memory. I hate to say it, you know, Ohio State's kind of indelible, right? That game, yeah. is, you're gonna. I mean, I just that there was. I haven't played. I don't think I've ever played in a game that big, right? Like even even in that division round, I've been to the Super Bowl, and I think that was the thing that was sort of rivaled that. I've never been to like one of the championship games, but um, yeah, I mean those. Those games jump out of me. The VTech at VTech, I mean, I think it's a special place. Like those places, like you play a, a night game at VTech, you struggle there that time. We played a night game there, but man, that's a, that's a special place. Um, and those games, you, you remember that stuff. You remember the fans. You always remember trying to get in there with seventy guys and get it done uh, because you really felt like the odds were stacked against you. We had a. Hold on, Bird. We have a we have a comment from from someone like watching the show. Best Art Kehoe story. Either one of you. <laughs> Go ahead, Joel. Joel, you want to? Well, first of all, uh, my phone may die any second, so that happens. I apologize. Uh, but the best Art Kehoe story. I don't know. Before, I'll say, but probably better than any Art Kehoe story as like all his little sayings, right? Like. How many times did we, did we hear like walking in a meeting room and, and like he he'd, he'd ask you a question and you gave him the wrong answer and they wait, wait are you fucking she shacking my balls right now bro like what the fuck like, and I, I remember like thinking myself what the fuck is she shacking by what what does that mean but I'll tell you I'll, t- I'll tell you my favorite one is we used to this is back there like the dog is a tree camp we, we would actually call this back before before we had a cell phone so like. Three guys in the room had a cell phone, maybe, right? So, like, we would call him on someone's cell phone, call his home line, and let it go to voicemail, and then leave the phone on and purposely ask him dumb match questions in the meeting room. Just to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, his phone died. Oh, my God, Eric, you got to get.
continue that story. So, yeah. So, we, we were, God, I can't, I forgot we did that. So, we would call his phone. So, so we would call his phone and we would just, and we, we would say something on purpose to get a rise out of him. And so, it, it would be him. It would have gone to voicemail and it's just recording. And so, it's him just screaming into it, right? And so, so when he gets home, he he goes and checks his recordings, and it's just him just screaming, <laughs> and so he has to listen to himself. Just screaming. that's awesome. And we we would we would just do it all the time, and and we would we would just record him just going nuts in the offensive line room. And so someone would just have their phone open on their lap, just sitting there, and it was just him screaming. <laughs> kidding me this is you know just uh, just mfing people and it was i did that i totally forgot about that it was oh man that's great i literally had to mute my mic just but just just here just like he's like all right who's got your cell phone in here i'm tired of listening to myself when i come on and i hear myself screaming i don't know what's going on you know so he, <laughs> He's going nuts uh, on it, and it's just it's hysterical because he's you know it, that. But you know he, I, the one thing I'll, I'll say about Art, and there's been a lot of commentary I know about him, but you know he he kept it light, and and it was and, you know playing offensive lines tough, right? I mean your body's telling you don't go back out there and don't do that, especially like on Wednesdays, right? Where you're like we're not playing yet, like just try to take it easy, and he and he kept the meeting room really light. And he, he he allowed you to have fun. He allowed you to say things. And he allowed you to do things. And and it wasn't. It didn't always have to be so serious that the that the world was ending, right? And so when he um, like the little stuff would be, he, he would he, he would stop the someone would say something about someone's girlfriend, and so he would just stop the film and he'd like, all right, let me hear it. What's going on? Let me hear it. Right. And so we would we yeah. would we would stop the video for five minutes and someone would be like, Coach, Joel's girlfriend did this, you know. I'm sure she was with three other guys, and you know, it just go on and on and on. And then he would he would act like he didn't realize what he but he was he was like actually stirring the pot even more. And so he, <laughs> he was just instigating, she did what? What did she do? Why why would she do something like that? Right. And so she <laughs> And, and and so and then finally after five seven minutes everybody's laughing he's like okay let's let's get back to this right and and so he never he never really kind of forgot I think that we were in college and that we were going through a lot and that I think he he really cared about I think the guys in that room and so more so than, other than the the calling calling his voicemail and having him yell into the voicemail uh, other than that like I mean. You know, he did a lot of funny stuff. I mean, it was always going nuts. I always thought he was about to have a heart attack, to be honest with you, because he would get so red in his face and be screaming so hard sometimes. But he, he I mean, there's like, you talk about a guy that's passionate about, about Miami football, right. and cares right. about Miami football, probably still cares about Miami football. Um, you know, he spent a lot of good years there and, and, and won. I mean, he's a part, he's the only, I think he's the only link between every national championship game or national, uh, national championship. Yes. Yep. That says a lot, right? And that says a lot about who he is, and um, it's pretty cool. He's, uh, he, but he's an all-time character, though. Uh, literally, I've, I've been, been a lot of places. All-time character. Jeez, Bert, what were you gonna say earlier? 
No, I was actually uh, uh, I was actually going to hit him on uh, see if we're ready to jump into some rapid fire questions here. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> so we like to, we like to like hit some people with rapid fire questions. Again, it's just a, yeah, a quick question it. to you. you. You give us your answer. So, Bert, yeah, you have them all written down, right? Yeah. First, first thing that comes to your mind on these. So, uh, the toughest defensive end you went against in practice, professional or uh, or in college? It went practice. Uh, Justin Houston and in, oh, in Kansas City. Oh, yeah. I, caught him, I caught him. I remember catching him right as he was peaking, and I'm like, "Who the is this?" Like, <laughs> and and he had he ended up having like twelve or thirteen that year, and then like the next year he had like twenty. Right? And I remember so, those two I'm years. Just like, thank God, because I thought I was getting bad. Like this guy was this guy was tough. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I, I remember him that year during during two during camp, and I'm like. Who is this guy? Um, <laughs> it was, uh, but yeah, I would I would say in practice, just trying to think I left anybody out. Like he was he was a tough practice. I mean, obviously when you're young and you're a freshman, McDougal and those guys, like kind of an unfair comparison in a way. But I guess kind of apples to apples. I would I would say maybe Justin Houston, M- Mario Williams too. Mario Williams. Yeah. You guys I mean, you guys got drafted together. When he, yeah, yeah. He, when he wanted to play, it was you know you better strap in kind of a thing. So yeah. So is is it a fair assessment? I know we're still doing the, the the questions, but something else popped into my mind. You know, those games that you guys were playing, and you were going against that defensive line that had you know depth width of of first round and, and total draft picks, right? Were some of your practices holding those guys in the D line harder than games? Oh yeah, I mean, most of I mean most I mean th- think about who we I mean maybe Florida State was harder. I mean, and not just because it was a game, like and yeah. you didn't know them as well. Like probably not even then, right? Like. Yeah, those are the best guys we played against. I mean, you got to give, you got to tip your cap to Ohio State. You really look back at that Ohio State defense. They had a lot of NFL players on that defense, a lot of really good players. Um, but man, I mean, you think about like, you you just look at the lineup. I mean, the one thing that was funny, uh, one of the coaches and I used to do is like, who could start? Who on the other team could start for us? Yeah. And there, you know, you didn't you didn't have Not many years like in any of these games. Like you didn't have, I mean, in anywhere, right? And so it was one of those things where. There wasn't a lot of answers in in any of those spots, and and when so when you have that, you're always facing this constant, um, constant, uh, and and I'm sure Bama's kind of got that embarrassment of riches now, where their practices are just as tough. I think USC back in the day was probably a very similar predicament there, and and when you can make it fun, you can make it competitive, and and it really build, it's there's like a flywheel effect there that just keeps building and building, and you just get so much better from each other. Yeah. So here's another rapid fire for you. Who do you dislike more, Florida or Florida State? Florida. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think almost all ones do. Florida. Almost all yeah. ones do. Uh, what's the best pizza topping? Pepperoni. Yeah, no, no doubt. doubt. No 100%. doubt. Unmatched. So, Eric, alumni brotherhood or University of Miami brotherhood? Oh, jeez. I mean, as as what, the tightest? Yeah. Yeah, Miami, brother. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, unfortunately, I don't get to get down there as much. Just life's kind of taken me away from there. Kids, everything. I don't I don't get down there as much as I do. Now that I'm not playing, I kind of hope to get, you know, make it a point to come to at least one home game a year or do something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was the one thing that just stood out to me when I was playing there was the guys that I met coming back. And, and I'll be honest with you, like, I met 
everybody when I was playing like once like you know that, there's like a few people that I've never met in 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 like Vinny Testaverde I think I've never met right I've met him <laughs> that's like yeah, that's like it from the all the quarterbacks right like yeah. I've met all of those guys like yeah you know I never met the Rock maybe like everybody else I met when I was there it, it was really it was literally that deep like you and and not just met like I worked out with like most of these guys would jump into our workouts right Edwin James <laughs> and those guys they were jumping into our workouts like Man. and working out with us right and wow. so it wasn't like it, it was just a different time you know I don't know that anybody would allow that now not not because there's some rule but just everybody's so like oh no we got to do it this way and 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 you know lifting is a little different now too comparatively in, in the professional ranks and kind of what you do and save your body but um yeah i mean it, it was it was just sort of a special time uh you know when you had sort of all the stars really aligning there for that three four year stretch yeah 87 74 or 73 oh man good one <laughs> they all probably you, you better say it you better yeah. listen There's you better more. i know which one you're gonna pick which one? Which one do you think I'm going to pick? Okay, hold on. Hold 80s, on. I'm going to say 87. <laughs> the original? The the original? Well, listen, the OG 87 right yeah, there. I mean, not Richie on. Wayne. You know, again, it's one of those things where, again, that's the number that you have actually sitting behind your right shoulder, right? Know, like, there's no, there's no way you cannot say. Well, it's funny if I could turn the camera. I got right here. I've got the 74 <laughs> uh, jersey right here as well, and nice. I got the 73. So I, I got it. This just happens to be behind the the camera. I've got them all. Kind of around. I don't have many around now. I, I try to keep it to a minimum, to be honest with you. Um, I don't like the place looking like a shrine to myself. But you have any extras? Let me look for you. Um, Phil probably has one of your jerseys in the closet. I was about right to now. say, I was like, I was like, I, I should be asking you. <laughs> I don't have that many. I don't have a 74. I got a 75. Oh, I got a Vince Wilford. But events, uh, the big Vince, yeah. Uh, I got a jersey in the closet, right? <laughs> That's extra long, too. That long is extra long. Him and Brian McKinney, those two are the biggest guys. Actually, oh my God, man. Bryant was Bryant was bigger than he actually his listing was. There's not yeah. many guys like there's like two guys that I can think of off the top of my head that are like you look at their height and weight, and then you see them in person, and they're actually bigger than than what their height and weight looks like, right? Like there's not many people like that. Bryant was one of those guys. Awesome. You got any, you got another fire? No, actually, that was uh, that was it, man. Just I did want to ask Eric, what are you up to these days, man? What's what's life got you doing nowadays? Yeah, thanks for asking. I'm uh, I'm at uh, a firm called One Team Partners. It's a uh, joint venture between the MLB, the NFLPA, and a, and a capital partner called Redbird Capital. And basically, what we're doing is um, uh, uh, commercializing the group player rights uh, from those from a bunch of different player associations. And so, when you think about group player rights, you're thinking like video games, trading cards, apparel, hard lines, things like that that people don't really understand. But to, to make the EA let's just take the EA Madden uh, football game. Uh, EA has to go out and license all of the marks from the NFL, the team marks, the jerseys, the logos, all of that stuff. And then they actually have to buy a license to, to put the name on the back of your jersey, the Winston, the 73, uh, and, and have the likeness of you. They can't commercialize something like that for free. And so what happens is all the unions actually – Signed, but what's called group player rights, so passive rights. Like you're not; these aren't these aren't the endorsements. These aren't these are big group things where you know a firm needs you know 100, 200. You know we we call it six or more, but it's really it's almost the most elite to make the product work. And in EA, 
wouldn't go to every player because they're not going to deal with every agent. They're not going to go to get 2000 contracts. They want to go get one. And that actually makes it much more valuable. So we, we do a lot of, you know, console gaming, mobile gaming, trading cards, um, apparel, hard lines, et cetera. We do content. So we do a lot of media, uh, different media contact, marketing sponsorships, and we do some stuff on the investing side, all again, all centered around intellectual property in the sports space. So, so yeah. is, it safe, is it safe to assume that you are working on the new EA Sports NCAA game? That would be a fair assumption. Where you can actually look at look at Sportico, yeah. So look at Sportico tomorrow. We'll have a we'll have an announcement. One team partners will have an announcement tomorrow. Wonderful. Look at my timing on that question. <laughs> well, thank you in advance for whatever you're doing to bring there that back. Go. Oh yeah, that's that, that, and that's that's the best way to do it too. To get that back, you have to have a group program, and yeah. and and that's really kind of how we commercialize and help out, and so. Being able to be a part of that's really cool. Well, Eric, man, we appreciate it. We don't want to take too much more of your time, man. We definitely appreciate you joining us tonight. And uh, obviously, man, if you ever come back, man, definitely uh, it'd be nice to see you, you know, catch back up with you. And I'm sure you bring the family down. And, you know, hopefully the game you come down, we win. You know what I mean? So because we don't have too many wins the last couple of seasons. It's been rough. <laughs> I, hear I hear you, man. So, but, you know, listen, I, I think we're on the right track. I think Diaz has got us going in the right direction. Um, you know, you, you were talking a little bit about the brotherhood, you know, um, you know, and again, this past weekend, they had over four, you know, 40 alumni come down to help working at that paradise camp. And, you know, you know, awesome. Michael Urban's and a bunch of, you know, a bunch of old guys too, man, you know, edge was there, but it's nice to see the alumni giving back and trying to help out it, you know, and work in that community, man. So, you know, continue doing what you're doing, man, much blessings to you, you know, and again, if you ever come down, man, it'd be good to, to catch back up with you. Awesome. Love that. Thanks for having me guys. Appreciate it, Eric. Have a great night, man. All right. See ya. All right. Bye. All right. And you guys are listening to the Can Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. Thanks to uh, Eric Winston and, uh, and Joel Rodriguez for jumping on. Uh, we'll be back in a couple moments. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuala Pola. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuala Pola. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuala Pola. Tongue of Iloa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuyo. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
right, everybody, welcome back to the second hour here on Friday morning of the Kane Gang Radio Show. Pushing lunchtime. Uh, had a great, great hour with uh, number 74, Eric Winston, and uh, surprise guest by number 70, Joel Rodriguez. <laughs> we apologize in advance to all the listeners out there that uh, had to endure the barrage of, you know, maybe some <laughs> F-bombs and some other little <laughs> things that Joel uh, kind of threw out there. In fairness, man, he had a long week, a long, excuse me, a long month recruiting, man. Them boys were hitting it hard, and he was down in the Keys with the family, feeling no pain. So we're going to have to edit some of that out, though, bro. uh, Yeah, we we might have to do do a little bit of something, you know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, all good. You get the big uglies on there together, man, start letting them chop it up together. But you know the funny thing is, like, I I don't mind that. Listen, I know it's radio right. and things like that, but like, there's nothing about like the passion that those guys bring, especially like, and they're friends, right? So Joel and Eric are, are really good friends. Yeah. Um, and and again, you could tell like just how they interact with one another, like just legitimately good friends, right? So if 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 Joel's three sheets to the wind, and you know, you know, Eric's over there chilling, like it doesn't matter, right? So it, it was good. It was good to surprise Eric with that. You know, you know. Like from from my time in the NFL, man, I'm sure you know this too. Being around, you know, the, the Canes as long as you have and everything, man, you know, you got diff- like every position group is different in a locker room, man. But the wildest, craziest guys are always the O linemen, man. You know, like they're just they're just wild nuts, man. Like every one of them. And talking to those guys, you know, the Rombergs, the the Winstons, the Joel Rodriguez's, man. You know, those boys used to get it back in the day, man. That's right. That's right. You know, and that's the funny thing. Like there's so much, so much like listening to the memories and obviously like the the whole keyhole thing was just absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> like to me, like that whole story about them calling his voicemail and just having like the phone on their lap and talking literally had me dying. I, and I don't know if you know, but like I literally turned my mic off for a little bit. Oh yeah. I, I literally was almost in tears <laughs> laughing. Um, so Crazy. obviously, so obviously we recorded that on Monday, right? And it's Thursday yeah. now. Yeah. So when we got done with the show, <laughs> I went and I uh, I messaged uh, one of the F- FIU players. That's you know I'm friends with his dad and everything. Uh, yeah. And I told him, I said, "Hey man, I said Joel was on here talking about how he used to do this his position coach." I said, "I know you're on the D line, but you got to get with one of the O linemen and tell him to do it and start asking questions like." Hey coach, you see the Kardashians this week or you know something like, "Hey coach, what do you what do you think about the free Britney movement or something?" and just start asking ridiculous questions and then have it have it re-recorded on his voicemail so that way he knows that his guys got him the same way that he used to get Keho. Oh my word. If that happens, man, uh, we'll have to get with Joel afterwards or you have to find <laughs> you'll have to find out from from your boy. He's going to know right where it came from. He's going to Oh, you already know. Those damn Kane gang guys, man. Right, you already know. Kane gang. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot that happened, you know, obviously Monday we recorded with Eric because obviously that was a time that we could chop it up with him. And, you know, that's what's unique about our show, right? We literally, even though we air on Friday mornings, you know, from 11 to 11 to one, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, obviously through COVID, you know, we're not in studio, things like that, but we have the luxury to pretty much record whenever we want to record, yeah. you know, there for a while, like when we first started doing it and we were recording, you know, we acted like, Oh, well, it's literally, it's Friday morning, you know, like <laughs> yeah. obviously that's not the case anymore. Yeah. I and mean, obviously people know that we're recording like during the week and it airs on Friday. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and again, man, I'm so humbled and I'm so appreciative you know, Frank and Larry have, have given us that opportunity. Absolutely. You know, there's definitely times where I feel like two hours is a long time to talk, you know, about certain things, especially during dead season, right? During the but, off season. That's just going to say, bro, man, during the off it's, season. 
it's it's literally. I mean, we're talking about you know the Crystal Palace and the Liberty Tree Taverns and you know the Dole Whips and just all kinds of Disney stuff. But uh, yeah. even even J Man, he shot us a text the other night and was like, "Man, I gotta, I want to get up and talk about Disney food again." And we're like, "All right, Jay, we'll we'll find a place. This the summer. We'll find a place to sandwich you in there." Yeah, man, J Man. You know, God bless his soul. You know, he yeah. uh, he he chose to kind of go a wall and do his thing and. I don't know if he if he misses it. I'm sure he does, you know, to to an extent. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's you know everybody's got a choice, right? Everybody's got a a direction that they want to go, and that's why I want to kind of lead in here on the second hour. Obviously, the direction that some of our student athletes are going with this new NIL that came into play today. Um, you literally saw it right off the rip last night, you know, Derek King signs, you know, four endorsement deals already, you know, <laughs> over, over 20 grand, Bubba Bolden, Mike Harley. I see uh, Cam, you know, Cam Harris has got some stuff going. Um, obviously McKenzie Milton. Um, there's a lot going on with this NIL. And then yeah. the university of Miami actually came out with an email kind of depicting, you know, what boosters and what people can do and how these people can get compensated. Like, I don't know if you saw that, but there was one on there that says, uh, you know, can you pay a player based on, hey, you know, you had a touchdown. And there was like an X, no, you can't do that. <laughs> but so you scored yeah. seven points, so here's $70. You know, you can't do that. But if you sign, you know, seven autographs, here's 70 bucks. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of crazy. And, and, and the funny yeah. thing is too, is like, so bird, like I'm, I'm following King and I'm looking at some of the things that he's doing. And uh, he has like a little website or whatever, a signed helmet, five ninety nine. dollars a signed football, like three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, it's a good thing. I got stuff signed. <laughs> Yeah. Prior. <laughs> yeah. No, what, what's Dolphin Derek going to do now, man? Bro. <laughs> Shout mean, out to our boy Derek, man. I wonder if he's li- – no, he's not listening. He's probably not. He's probably in bed. He's probably, he's probably got to open tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Like, Good for these guys, man. Good, you know, good for them. I mean, you know, the NCAA has in, – in the institutions and the conferences and everybody have made piles of money – uh, off these kids and and look a lot of them get to go off to the nfl and make money but you know take a guy like um and i don't want to use one of our players for example but let's let's uh okay so the, i was listening to the to the, to the radio today on, on another serious xm show and they were talking about the kid connor shaw from south carolina right Correct. Old quarterback. quarterback yeah and they said hey you know this kid doesn't really have much in the line of pro prospects but he's the man in columbia and at south carolina right now if they had nil during that time this kid could have made a you know a, a real nice chunk of change off of his NIL right. at school, and you know he wasn't allowed to right. But this this changes the game for really all these guys, right? I mean, I see even walk on guys like, hey, you know, I'll use my platform to to put something out there. And look, they should be, man. I mean, look, times change, and you know we've we've evolved as a society, right? And these guys have a voice, and you know we know more about these players really from a personal standpoint than we ever did, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Right. You know, every, every year, you know, you never knew anything about these guys before they were, you know, guys that you would see on the, you'd read about in the newspaper and you'd see them on Saturdays, but now, right. Correct. You know, I mean, you see like the, you know, the whole gamut of people's personalities. So, you know, it's just good to see that these guys have the opportunity to make some money off their 
NIL, right? Well, let me play devil's advocate because because yep. I know you're not a huge proponent of these guys getting paid, right? Well, I, I think you literally at the end of the day, you're getting a free education. You want to talk about sure. how much the school is making off of you. That's your choice. Like you could have chose out of high school to not pursue collegiate ball and got a job. Sure. But you chose to take a free education. And in some situations at two or three different universities to Mm -hmm. better you for the future. Right. So I I think by doing this again, I'm a proponent of amateur sports like the Olympics, you know, things like that. There's a reason why originally all the Olympics were amateurs before you started bringing in like, you know, the dream teams and stuff like that and getting the professional athletes because you know, maybe your amateurs weren't as good as some other countries, right? So you start bringing in your pro athletes and things like that. When you start taking, when you start bringing the money involved in the situation, I think you literally just take away from the amateurism of collegiate sports. People want to knock about how the, you know, NCAA just makes buku dollars, how the coaches make buku dollars, you know. But again, free education, free room and board, free mm-hmm. food, you get a stipend free, free clothes, books. you know, again, books. I mean, all that's like, and, and, and 98% of the kids don't go to class anyway. So like, what, what does it matter? Right. So yeah, free travel. I mean, listen, if you get hurt, free surgery, most of the time yeah. when you get, to, when you get to school, you need braces, you need glasses, that's all free, you know? So you're <laughs> yeah. to be compensated. I get it. Right. It's just, and then this all goes back to Ed O'Bannon back at UCLA, you know, many, many years ago. Um, I think he's the one that originally kind of fought for this to, to make it happen, you know, mm-hmm. but one of the things is once you kind of start getting paid, it's like, now you're really not an amateur. You're really more of a, yeah. cause you, you're being endorsed, well, right? Here's, but, here's the thing though. Like we, we mentioned the Olympics companies like Coca-Cola can sponsor Olympic athletes and they make money off it. Right. So I do feel this is kind of the same as the Olympic model, but you don't get paid for being there, but yeah, every, every expense gets, gets taken care of for you while you're there. So I, you know, I don't want to see us go and institutions start paying people like, or employing them as employees, because you know what a education, I mean, a football scholarship is the best, uh, best scholarship that you can get even over people that have, you know, unbelievably high IQs and through the roof SAT scores. I mean, these are better than academic scholarships in most, uh, in most instances. So, right. I just, I don't want it to get carried away because, so l- let me ask you this. What happens now that you allow this? So I, I think you kind of open up Pandora's box per se, right? Mm-hmm. Now, does the NCAA go back and reinstate Reggie Bush's Heisman Trophy? I think they should. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's okay, right? I mean, I, I think you, I think you almost have to, right? Otherwise, I, I, I think you have to right the wrong. You yeah, know, you the Fab Five. You know, there's so many different things yeah. out there that happen I mean, with the NCAA. They, they banished Weber from that campus for how long? Even the school I'm, did it. I'm just they, saying, right? Like, yeah. so now you're saying there was a great tweet today. And let me see real quick, Bert, if I can pull it up because johnny football another example as we're pulling him out too you know he got in trouble for signing autographs right like oh yeah let me see know? if i can find this tweet and it, it it had to do with and i was blown away by the fact that they even allowed this they give me one minute um i think it's oh uh 
Let me see if it was on this one here. All right. So, oh, so LSU football today tweeted out. Did you see? Did you see this? I heard about it. The Times Square thing, right? I I don't even know if it's Times Square. It literally says, this is from LSU's football Twitter account. (laughs) NILSU. You get get it, NILSU. The real deal. It's what they are trying to do now versus what we've been doing forever. They literally (laughs) put it out there that they've been paying their players forever. Oh, man. Well, I said it like this, like, you know, the whole thing that I always laugh about with Alabama is every time you see any of their players post any kind of picture with a vehicle in it, it's always a dodge every single time. Right? All right so I'm going to give you a background story to that because I know. Oh, uh-huh, so, okay. So it's story time. I like this. So I'm doing a custom, I'm doing a big custom home. Obviously, a lot of people don't know what I do. I don't just do radio. I am an electrician, right? 30 years, exactly. going on 30 years, pretty much. But my, my main profession is I'm an electrician. Yeah. So I'm doing a job. Um, in Hillsborough Mile, uh, house is probably 18 mil, 19 mil. Sits right on the ocean. Beautiful house. Guy, uh, young guy, blah, blah, blah. No names needed, blah, blah, blah. But um, Alabama, you know, through and through. And started talking, you know, started asking questions, started talking to him. Because um, he said he's from Alabama. I said, so you a, you a, a Roll Tide or a War Eagle? Ah, Roll Tide. I'm like, okay. So, you know, come to find out, you know, how things are working and, you know, he has to donate like, you know, like 50 grand every year just to maintain his seats, which I'm, I'm kind of thankful that I don't have to do that. But For and real. that's just that's just a donate to to maintain his seats. Right. So but then we start talking about things. And uh, so one of the biggest people up there, it's like a I don't know if it's like a tree factory or, or whatever it is up there that this, the guy owns all this stuff. Who do you think gets all these cars? You know what I mean? Like, I literally, he told us, you know, and I'm like, I'm not trying to air dirty laundry, but like, I mean, I've, everybody knows, but, <laughs> yeah. and, and they're supposed to be working, you know, blah, blah, blah. But there's all kinds of things that they do there that's not really, really working. Um, so anyway, it's, uh, well, you're right. When you see the, when you see the new cars, you wonder how these kids are getting new cars. So here's how I think it, what's going to happen with this though. Like, the schools like the SEC schools that, you know, basically the conference doesn't care whatever they do. They, they're they the ones in, in charge of enforcing the rules. And when stuff happens, they're just kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, and they always turn a blind eye to it. So I think that the um, what's going to happen is you're going to say like that that uh, Tuscaloosa Dodge, right? The whole way on I-20 from Birmingham to Tuscaloosa, you're going to see, you know, every single uh, billboard up there. And, you know, one's going to be Landon Dickerson and one's going to be, you know, John Smith. That's the third string tight end there, you know, and these guys are going to get a hundred K for each billboard. Right. And they're going to say, Oh, it's, you know, we're promoting them for their NIL, you know, and that's how they're going to get around it. And I don't know if that money's coming from Saban or another booster, or, you know, if maybe the owner of the dealership is a, is a, uh, you know, a a Bama uh, booster or whatever it may be, but, you know, schools are going to find their way around this thing, you know, and look, it's, it's either, you know, play as part of it or get ran over. And the one thing is that I've seen from Manny is that, you know, he's been ahead of pretty much all this stuff and he is always up on the current trends. I mean, look, you know, he was the first guy to ever master or to, to use the transfer portal, right. When nobody knew what it was. So. And that's the hard part, right? Like, 
It's definitely going to get interesting to see at the SEC, the 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 SEC money schools, the dollar sign um, EC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the dollar sign you know EC uh, on what they do. Um, but you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, like I can't knock it. They're they're making it happen, and uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. So check this. Let's go to break here on the Ken Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM Channel One Four Five Slam Radio. Uh, we'll catch you guys in a minute. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. All of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
Okay, so the NIL is in full effect. It's in full swing. Um, obviously, a lot of people uh, are jumping on it. Obviously, Almont Richards, you know, kind of take a swing, and, you know, they're making things happen. I see first-round management signing people, and, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on. One's half a Lovo. Yeah, I was going to say, you see you see your first-round management sign today. <laughs> Shout out to the boy Lovo. Lovo, my boy Lovo. Lovo Productions. <laughs> he's interning. I wonder exactly what he's doing as far as interning, but I don't know. I mean, it's probably get coffee, you know, go, go grab donuts. You know, I, I don't know what exactly what he's doing, but Lovo's working for first round management. How funny is that? That's yeah. good though. Good for Lovo. Aries better take care of our boy, man. And I mean, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously in the chat today, I'm like, congrats Lovo. Now uh, beep, beep off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, that's, your, give- that's your thing all the time. It is, you know, Lovo's. Can I can I use the word douche? Like, is douche okay? Uh, Lovo's a douche sometimes. You know, so only playing Lovo. You know, he's he's listening, shaking his head. Like, come on, probably like, like, damn it, Co. Like, Co. You always pick on me, Co. Um, so a couple things I wanted to touch on real quick before we get further on. Obviously, now is a great time to talk about stuff, but um, you know. Prayers out to everybody with that surf side. You know, it's it's one of those things where at, at some point they like today they kind of resume the kind of rescue. Like, and I'm not trying to be disheartened by any means, but I don't necessarily think after seven days you're looking for a rescue. Um, yeah. I think you just have to start cleaning cleaning the piles out, and you know, and you know, but be discreet about it, be be respectful about it. Obviously, yeah. it, it, it kind of hurt me yesterday when um, they found a the 10 year old and the four year old and then found, mm. found their parents. And, you oh. know, as a, as a parent, like, again, there's only so much you can do. Right. But I couldn't imagine being in that situation. Um, obviously the president, you know, uh, you know, the president showed up today, I guess he necessarily went by the site. He uh, went and met with first responders and, you know, family members. And so let me ask you this bird. And not to get off topic on any of this, but you know, you see the press conferences that they do, right? When you have the one person talking, how come you have twenty other people just standing behind them? Just, I'm just asking. Like, I, I, I don't get it. Well, you know what I think is unfortunate is I think that in a situation like this, uh, the individuals involved, right the uh, the police chiefs, the fire chiefs, the the mayors. You know, they all see it as an opportunity to to jump up there and, and and show face, right? And use it for political gain, right? You know, I mean that's I mean, every every situation like this, you know, they are, oh, I'm out there helping. No, you're out there for publicity, right? Correct. I mean, you know, look, sports teams do it too, right? Like, I mean, look, the Heat sent Tyler Hero out there, you know. UD. Yeah, you know, but what do they also send with them? Their you know, social PR media people. person to yeah. take pictures with them. So, you know, look, if you're going to do it and be genuine about it, you know, like show up and, and don't send your social media person with them just to take pictures. Correct. Look, Miami did it too. Right. You know, a bunch of our guys went out there and look, yeah. I, you know, I appreciate it. But at the same time, like, you know, it, it's almost like you do it for clout more than, you know, well, I, I truly believe you should do things to be unheard, right? Like be unheard, yeah. be unseen. You know, if you're genuine about it. now, now to the kids, to the kids' defense, the student athletes, they're probably told, "Hey, we need you guys to go help put out water." Like yeah. they're not saying, and I didn't see any of those kids out that went out there post anything, you know, privately on their on their pages or anything like that. I saw, you know, Kane's football. 
um, their social media accounts, stuff like that. Well, look at our look at our student athletes, you know, giving back yeah. or helping. And, it, and it's probably a little more different with a with a college, right? Yeah. But you know, I mean, look, I think the Miami Heat's probably you know one of the best organizations in pro sports, right? But you know, at the same time, man, you know, it's like you're only doing it for clout. You know what I mean? One hundred percent, man. That's why I kind of hate that stuff. Yeah. So. We'll see, man. So, listen, my phone, my phone's been blowing up today. Let me tell you why. So, University of Miami puts out a, an email today about tailgating <laughs> for Atlanta. Oh. So, I'm like, and, and the funny thing is, I literally, I left my phone, I left my phone in my truck for like three hours. And then when I get out, when I get back to my truck, I'm like, oh my gosh. I had missed calls, I had emails, I had text messages, and I'm like, what is all this about? Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, I'm like, what is all this about? <laughs> you falling asleep on me, bro? Oh, man, it's, just, it's been a long day. <laughs> Obviously, right now, it's, it's roughly 10-10, man. Like, people yeah. don't realize it's not like 10 o'clock in the morning. It's like 10-10 well, at night. Well, we started late tonight anyway, so. And so. So let me rephrase that. It's usually always the bird's fault that we run late. Oh, shots fired. Okay. Well, because obviously I don't have – the access to start earlier. So, <laughs> I, will, so anyway, I will give you the access. No word. So anyway, so <laughs> I wanted to find out what this was all about. So, you know, listen, I don't mind tailgating, especially up there, you know, in a game setting, it's, it's a neutral site. Um, you know, let, let's happen. Like, let's make it happen. So come to find out what they're doing is Miami is actually running a, a tailgate through the university of Miami. So it's $85 a person. It's pretty much barbecue. It's drinks. It's, um, Sebastian, the band, cheerleaders, Cane uh, Walk runs right through like their tailgating type thing. And you're right there at the stadium, which phenomenal. But by purchasing that ticket for from, from 12 to 3, that's when they're running their, you know, their tailgate thing. You also get an opportunity to buy a parking pass, which is right next to where they're going to be set up at the stadium. Now, that lot opens up at 7 a.m. So, so everybody's asking, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? So the way I understand it, it works though. In order to get the parking pass and to get into that parking lot, it's not like I can just buy me like the, the tailgate. Cause again, I'm, I'm flying up there. I'm probably catching a Marta Uber and whatever the case may be. I'm not looking to have a car. Um, but in order for me to get into the parking lot, I actually have to have the tailgate ticket. Right. So I, I probably have to have, I have that. So it apply, I have to show both. I have to probably show my tailgate ticket and my parking pass to get into that lot because it's only going to be for that lot is only going to be parking for people who have the tailgate ticket. Right. So it's not yeah. like me just buying the tailgate ticket, you know, to go from 12 to three and then buying the parking pass and then selling it to Joe Schmo so he can go park right there. You got to kind of have both. Right. So People are like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, listen, I don't have a bomb problem buying the tailgate ticket, you know, one for me, one for Maria, whatever, and then buying the parking pass. And then we'll just ride in together at seven o'clock, set up a tailgate for five hours, and then I'll go over there <laughs> or not even go over there. Right. So technically parking will be, you know, 145 bucks if, if that makes sense. Right. So, but you're right there at the, at the stadium site. So, but if you're going to do that and you have, you know, four or five people, Maybe you split that cost, you know what I mean? Because how's it fair for one person to have to pay for all that and then everybody else has to, you know, ride up in there? So it's there's a lot of like things going on, but I would rather be 
at the stadium again at 7 a.m. Maybe not at seven, but I would go at seven o'clock um, and then be at the stadium. Then trying to find a lot, you know, a half mile, three quarters of a mile away somewhere. Yeah. And then having to walk, you know, all the way to the stadium. So yeah. I don't know. Ubers so that's going to be impossible at that time, too, man. The what? Oh, Uber? I, no, I'd yeah. walk. I'm yeah, not the good news is our hotel is right on the Marta line, right to the stadium. You know what I mean? So we can we can rock that, you know, the whole time, man. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, my my goal is to, you know, we'll get up there. I'm still looking at my flights. I found one, like a seven a like a seven a.m. flight. You get there about nine, which I think that's a decent a flight. Biggest thing is, right. you know, listen, just go catch the Marta. You know, drop my bags off at the airport and just start doing something. You know what I mean? Will I go to the College Football Hall of Fame or, you know, just walk around to the aquarium, whatever the case may be, man. Just, you know, hit downtown Atlanta. Um, and then obviously trying to work on the logistics for, like, you know, we got some things going on for maybe like a big pep rally, you know, going on Friday night. So, and if, if there's nothing going on Friday night like a pep rally, like, man, find me a Houston's, find me a Capitol Grill, you know, find me a nice little restaurant. Me and Maria can go out um, and just, you know, we gotta hit some varsity when we get up there, though, bro. Man, I can do that maybe like at like <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning on Saturday before the game. But you better find me a bathroom soon after. I tell you that. <laughs> well, hey, if you get the tailgate tickets, you know. Uh, like, and I wouldn't be opposed to that, right? You know, I mean, yeah. obviously, eighty-five dollars. You know, you got food. I think the tailgate is the way to go, man. Because look, you know, we you know we're gonna know somebody up in that in that parking lot that opens at seven a.m. Right, so we head over seven or seven eight a.m. You know, go link up with some people that are already parked in the parking lot, then hit the uh, then hit the tailgate from twelve to I don't well, know every time doors open. I want to be in there for gates for warm ups. Well, and all that's that, the whole but. thing, right? So obviously, as soon as Cane Walk goes through, then I'm just gonna go because if the game's at three thirty, they'll probably run through like one thirty ish, maybe two o'clock because they usually go about an hour and a half, um, an hour and a half to two hours before you know kickoff. They usually roll through, right? But yeah, shortly after I see the cane walked and like, just here's my ticket. I'm going to my seats and uh, yeah, show me pregame. Let me walk around the stadium. Let me get some nachos. Let me get a hot dog, some popcorn, a couple sodas. And I probably won't be sitting down the rest of the day. So <laughs> yeah, man, I'm definitely, I'm definitely stoked about this game. And, you know, like we talked about last week on the round table, like I think if Miami shocks, if they come out and shock Alabama, man, there's no reason why they don't run the table and go 12 and 0. Yeah. I, I think they can. Their schedule's set up so favorably. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, we get in there and win that game, man. It's uh it's over. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like I said on the show last week, you know, we win against uh you know, my wife said, Hey, you know, I don't know how I'm gonna deal with you if we lose. <laughs> you know, yeah. Worry about when we win. Because <laughs> then I'm gonna be insufferable, you know, because Georgia Tech plays at seven thirty that night against. If Miami uh, won, bro, listen, I literally would like. I, who oh, bro, knows we're going to ride in the Bobby Dodd Stadium, bro, at halftime because I'd be we're going to be our own Rambo direct, bro, bro. Because I probably would just be like hanging out with everybody, just celebrating. It'd be like winning a national yeah. championship, yeah. running around, right? Yo, we go, we go, and we take that uh, that nineteen twenty seven car, man. We jump in there. Throwing the U up, rolling down around the stadium at halftime. You know, let me find some. Let me find an Ace Hardware store that's open and buy some orange and green paint. I'll be <laughs> I'll be painting the city, man. So, yeah. no doubt, man. It's crazy. I, I mean, again, it's really something to look forward to. Um, you know, again, it's getting closer. Sixty-five days. 
you know, obviously today is uh, it's 65 days from today. It's Thursday. So it's Martin Bibla days away tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I'll probably go with like a Rashad Butler day or something like that. Jason Fox, um, you oh, know, there you go. name drop, bro. Like, <laughs> it's just people don't get it, man. You know, like you got to know people just like, you know, like when I posted those pictures, when, you know, we threw those pictures of Eric Winston. Did yeah. you see the differential from his like his freshman year as a tight end to Jeez. his senior year, bro? He he's was like, a behemoth. He was on that body by Swayze. Man, you see how big his head is, bro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I look at, like I look at that picture again today. I'm like, good lord, Ooh, man! Like, rolls. Man, he's, his head's bigger <laughs> than my, my my gut, man. So, and I say gut because I ain't got a stomach. I got a gut. I mean, my gut, bro. You know. I got a, uh, I, and I don't drink, right? So it's not like I have a beer gut. I just drink a lot of soda. I gotta get up. So today's been a bad day, man. My my stomach's been messed up all day. Not to share any TMI, but man, like it's just been Oof. one of those days where it's like, good lord, I man, like the exorcist. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just like stuff's just spewing, and I'm like, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now you took it too much, bro. That was a little too much, man. <laughs> oh man. So oh, lord. you know we got a uh, so next week, uh, obviously. You know, we got a couple special guests. Don't want to drop, oh, yeah. drop. We're not, not, not drop. Ah, not name dropping them yet. We'll wait till next week. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I'd like to try to reach back out to the University of Miami is uh, SID department. See if uh, possibly get. You know, now you know, obviously recruiting's done, and you know they're on break for a couple of weeks, getting ready to go back to fall. You know, start fall camp here at the end of the month. Be nice to get a couple of interviews, or, or potentially, you know, some some interviews with some coaches and stuff like that. Do you believe we're just over two months away? From the start of the season, bro. Oh, bro, it's crazy. It's so close. Like for a while, I just felt I felt like the whole off season always feels so long, man. <laughs> you know, especially you start, that, hitting, you start hitting that sixty days, and it's like yeah, okay, it starts to feel real, man. You know, yeah. like you you know what the team's gonna look like, right? I mean, you really kind of know what you're going into 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 fall camp, man. So, you know, I mean, the roster's pretty much you know worked out. I mean, I don't think we're gonna add anybody else for this season. You know, Correct. there's still still a couple guys in the transfer portal that we want to see where they land, you know, shout out to the boy Tate Martell, you know, man, it'd be nice to see where Tate lands, you know, again, at, yeah. at this point, um, I'm going, I, again, I'm going to UNLV. I'm going, I'm going to UNLV. Uh, yeah. It's I mean, look, go home. Right. I think UNLV is, is now playing in the Raiders stadium. Right. So they get to, get to go play in a world-class venue. Uh, that offense fits him over there too, man. Yeah. That that run and gun, like you know, straight it's slinging like, it. That, yeah, it's like that West Coast offense. Right? Yeah, that's what you know. Look, he was not built for for this Miami offense, man. You know, he wasn't really built for the Ohio State offense either, man. You know, but I'm calling the comeback on him, man. I, I'm telling you right now, you know. And you and I have talked about this, so I know you're on you're on the same page, man. But you know, don't call it a comeback, man, because <laughs> you heard it here first, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, I think that uh, wherever he ends up going up, I think he's going to show out. I, oh, yeah. I literally, I think he's going to show out, and you know, he's going to ball. So, um, he got rid of Kiki, <laughs> bro. And then you don't even hear about you don't even hear about that situation anymore, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and that's way that's the way it should be, man. You know, you can't yeah, let distractions, yeah. you know, you can't let distractions distract you from what you're trying to do. For so, real. but yeah, man, it, it's crazy. You know, obviously, there's a couple of the guys. Uh, you know, that, that are in the portal. Uh, Miami's looking at a couple people. It'd be nice to see what's going to happen. I think Tate is going to go to 
UNLV show up, show out. Um, and again, I don't think I don't think he was given a fair opportunity at the University of Miami. Just like I don't think he was given a fair opportunity at Ohio State. I think once Justin Fields decided to go there, it like the writing was already on the wall. Yeah. you know what I mean. I mean, look, the hate started from from the get go, man. I remember we were at Traz for the for the spring game uh, a couple years back, right when Tate. It was right when Tate walked went in the game, and a Florida State fan came up in the in the stands, right, and the dude was decked out in Florida State gear from head to toe. And of course, what do we all do? Boo! Yeah, correct. Boo. So the rumor came out that Kane's fans were booing Tate when he first went in, and it's like, what? Yeah. I mean, they even said that on national publications, man. I'm like, Mm-mm, that was not the case. I was sitting in those stands, and we were booing the Florida State fan that walked in, not our own quarterback when he first got there. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Well, check this. We're gonna go to break. You guys, bear with us one more, uh, one more break, and then we'll finish. Hey, look what I found! The radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM One Four Five Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word won. And in the word impossible, it's possible. You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to 
when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 1249, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Last segment here on the Kang Gang Radio Show for this uh, final, final segment. Um, you know, a couple of things that brought, were brought to my attention. Obviously, the Elite 11's going on right now. Obviously, uh, Jacory Brown's up there at Elite 11. Um, again, I'm excited about our recruiting class and what's about to happen. You know, uh, there's a couple of people who get ready to make some announcements here, you know, hopefully over the weekend and then moving forward until next week. Uh, Paradise Camp wrapped up. Obviously, last week we talked about Paradise Camp and who we were excited to see. Um, there was a lot of people there. Um, that was that was for sure. Um, and just the alumni alone. I mean, obviously, we chopped it up with like Joaquin Gonzalez and Brett Romberg and Lamar Miller and Sean Spence. And Joaquin said, uh, "Dominate." Sorry, I'm not here, Joaquin. Man, I gotta say that he had that hat on too. It says, "Joaquin yeah. said, Dominate." Those are going to be for sale eventually. Um, yep. All all proceeds, I think, goes to some type of leukemia situation. So that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was able to talk to Jalen Phillips and Clay's Campbell and. Uh, man, it, it was just good to see see people. And obviously, student athletes were there. Um, I chopped it up with my boy, uh, Zach McLeod. Um, saw Andy. I saw Elijah Arroyo. And I, I, that was the first time I saw him in person. And Elijah Arroyo was a big dude, like big dude. Yeah. Um, saw TVD. Saw Jake Garcia. Obviously, I saw my boy number three, my boy Gil. Uh, I love that kid. <laughs> boy. That, that kid Gil something else, man. He's, he, yeah. he is 100% like just true, man. Like there's no – the, the kid's humble, but at the same time, man, he is he's a hundred percent real, man. He doesn't pull any punches, but man, the, the, the dude's such a good dude. Um, you know, there was a lot of I don't know if you caught anything on, on IG Live or on Twitter, but like, you know, Harley and Nesta were going back and forth at each other because it was like the St. Thomas against Heritage Boys, you know, on seven on sevens. And so there's a lot of trash talking going back and forth. Um, I was able to see like Brandon Ennis, I talked to him for a little bit. Obviously, Wesley oh, yeah. the Saint. I saw I saw Wesley. I got a cool photo with Wesley. And so story about that was <laughs> he's leaving. He's getting ready to leave. And we were hanging out outside. And I'm like, hey, Wes, can I get a photo? And he's walking with his mom. And, I, and I'm not sure if it was his aunt or somebody else. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we posted up and we both put our hands up, you know, throwing up that you. And I'm like, just don't turn it upside down. And he literally lost it, bro, laughing, cracking up, <laughs> laughing. His mom was laughing. He darted off and like Dolphin Derek was just dying laughing that I even said that. He's like, if I would have known you would have said that, I would have had it on video and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he came back and obviously there was a lot of talk because obviously the night before at FSU and on the photo shoot, you know, he kind of threw the U upside down. Um, Again, man, he's a 17 year old kid and he's doing a photo shoot and the coach said, oh, turn it upside down. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? Look, that's like the coach's new thing because they did the same thing with Marvin Jones, right? And then they do it with Wesley when he gets there, yeah. right? You know, and like don't don't put that kid in that position. You know, Miami fans are going to come at you for for doing that, right? Like, yeah. So shame on them on that corny ass coaching staff over there for putting Wes and his family in that position, man. But but he could always said, "I ain't doing that." 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a 17-year-old kid, man, in the moment where they're, you know, where it's like, oh, it's a photo shoot. Yeah, you're, you know, like, you know, I don't know. I just, I think it was really corny of that staff to do it. And I, you know what, shout out to the Miami staff for not like thinking that we had to do something in retaliation for it, right? Like go in there and, oh, break well, the spear well, or anything. Yeah, that's it. what are you going to do? Yeah, we're, correct. We're above them on every level right now, man. I mean, they're they're trying so hard right now, man. Oh, we got the number two ranked recruiting class, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. Look, we used to brag about that too. And guess what? We learned our lesson because we walked in and, you know, had six and seven win seasons off that stuff, bro. Yeah. I mean, obviously recruiting recruiting is great, but if you don't build up or coach up the kids, they ain't going to do you any good. Yeah, it don't matter. Florida State's just – they're a dumpster fire up there right now. I think Norvell is changing the program, you know. But but think about this, right? Uh, Like, look at what came out today with Tamari and Terry. Oh, my gosh. In a situation with, you know, know, murder in a a nightclub. And then, you know, a couple months ago, Travis Rudolph, you know, got charged for, like, you know, first-degree murder there. Like, you know, again, it's Florida State trying to pull, like, to try to be the new Aaron Hernandez. Like, I don't know what's going on up there, bro. It, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's unfortunate that someone lost their life, right? By, by all means, it's it's a tragedy. But this is something that happened in 2018, and you're yeah. now just getting around to it. So this cat's been able to play. And from my understanding, he wasn't actually the shooter or whatever the case may be, but he was there when it happened, right? Mm-hmm. So you're guilty by association, right? But yeah. you're allowed to play college ball. You get drafted or a free agent contract to the NFL, and now all this comes to light man like well it's sad when these situations come up man you know and, and what's even sadder man is you know look and, and i know it's not all the fan base man but everything mark walton has gone through man and and obviously you know mark's got some some stuff going on upstairs man and he's just it's not right in the head right now man you think and, <laughs> yeah well, I mean, you know but but look like you know we don't go out there and like when that whole thing with travis rudolph happened i didn't see one of our fans go out and like start you know start talking blasphemy man on yeah on rudolph and you know, we didn't say anything about Terry really either, other than just, you know, kind of in our group chats was like, whoa, you know, like that's crazy. But, you know, I mean, you leave it to a Florida State fan and they're going to get up there. Oh, you know, like and they're going to start talking and, you know, using the the thug word. And we all know what that's code for, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it's just it's sad, bro. You know, that whole fan base up there, man, like them, them boys are something else, man. Well, they got they got nothing to, to hang on to. Yeah. I mean, they want to talk about Miami living in their past, right? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, Florida State's been eight years removed from their last national title. Obviously, we're twenty, you know, twenty years removed from our last national title. And, and again, to, to be fair, we haven't been relevant. People want to talk about that 2017. Oh man, we were number two in the country. Yeah. I think I think by default, you know, you had some good games, you had some good wins, um, but then when you played a real team, you got shellacked. Like Clemson literally lit you up, and then you came home, right? First of all, you got beat by Pittsburgh, you know, but then you get shellacked, and then you went on a losing streak, you know what I mean? So, but one could also argue on that season, though, that we lost our three best offensive players, you know, and and Walton Herndon and and Amon in that year, right? So, but you were kind of limping in at the end, and we weren't really deep to begin with there, right? So, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it's been our best year in probably 15 years, I would think, yeah, but. You know, um, look, you should, you should, you still should have beat Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, but look, let's, you know, the standard here, this is a national championship standard. You know, that's why anytime anybody hits us with the ACC stuff, 
no, we ain't worried about the ACC. We're 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 pissed about the fact that we haven't won a national championship right. in twenty years. You know, forget the ACC. That's that's nothing, right? You know, our standard is national championship, not conference championship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And everybody always wants to throw the conference stuff in. We we don't care about that, right? Right. Right. I mean, it's tough, man. You know, um, on another note, like, you know, my condolences go out to uh, Coach Mark Rick, oh, you man. know, uh, you know, situation that, you know, and again, I, I kind of respect the man for putting his putting his business out there uh, has a case of Parkinson's. Um, obviously, Muhammad Ali, you know, uh, Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox. I was about ready to call him Marty McFly. <laughs> so. <laughs> There'll always be Marty McFly, man. <laughs> You know, it's it's one of those things. It's how do you handle it? And I think he, you know, he's handling it like a like a true professional and like a true true hurricane and like just bringing it to the light. And I don't think he's out there looking for sympathy or anything like that. I just oh, think man. he's putting it out there and you know, letting people know. His statement was classy, man. I mean, he came up and said, you know, he closed it with, "Yeah, you can see me on ACC Network." Like, yeah, yeah. you know, look, you, you ain't gonna hold me down. You know, right. when it gets to be too much for him, you know, it, you know. It, yeah, he's gonna he's he's gonna stop doing it, man. But I don't know. It's it's definitely sad, man. I mean, I have all the respect in the world for for Coach Rick as a as a man, as a Hurricane alumni, as a, mm-hmm. a former coach of ours. You know, um, I just I have all the respect in the world for that man. And uh, you know, I just wish him and Catherine and and the kids and his grandkids and all that nothing but uh, nothing but love and respect and admiration, man. Yeah, it's just again, you never want to have to hear about anything like that especially with somebody you know or someone that you've you know a coach or you know someone that you respect right because you know you you look at and i don't want to use this in the wrong way but you look at all these dirt bags that are out in the world right and they go by they go through life scot-free nothing happening but yeah you see somebody with good character and good morals and things like that and you wonder why like like how does that happen to someone like coach rick you know great human being man i mean just even you know like just being a great man to all the players that have came through his program i mean he's the epitome of what a good college coach is right and because it's not just about x's and o's and get out on the field it's you know it's about leading these guys and and you know helping them take the next steps in their lives because not everybody goes pro very few Well, and that's the whole thing. And people have to understand that. Right. So, you know, going back to originally, like, you know, the whole NIL, like, like, if you take someone like Derek King, you know, why not get paid on it? Like, you know, you're, you're, you're a notable quarterback at at a major university. You know, do I think you have the potential to play quarterback in the NFL? I think there's potential anywhere. Right. But I just don't, I don't potentially see it. I don't personally see it. So why not capitalize on it now? You know what I mean? get your endorsement deals and, you know, make your money. And, you know, again, if you get, if you get an opportunity to go to a camp and ball out by all means, man, you know, but. Yeah. Odds odds are stacked against King for a pro career, but you know, know, if there's been a a year in the past, you know, 15 years where I really think we have the opportunity to catch lightning in a bottle. Right. And you got to stay healthy and a lot of things have to happen, but yeah, you know, Let's be real. He leads us to a victory over Alabama, right? Let's let's just throw that scenario out there. He leads us to that victory. You know, chances are, you know, we're a, a zero or one loss team after that with what that does for for your program. You know, and and he's electric. He's guys. He's gonna. He's a guy that's gonna put up numbers. So you do that. I mean, you're talking about maybe like a Joe Burrow ish type performance, right? Correct. And that happens. I mean, look, Burrow went from being a guy when we were going up to Dallas. We're like, ah, oh, 
we're going to smoke this kid, you know, and he had an average year that first year in LSU and his second year, dude, his second year is, is arguably the greatest college football quarterback season ever. <laughs> yeah, know? no doubt. No doubt. I did, mean, uh, <laughs> did, did you happen to see the sports illustrated cover? Oh, bro. <laughs> here, here we go with the SI guys again, of all the teams they can, they can pick. They pick like to make this just ridiculous picture with us in it, bro. I mean, look, I don't really listen. That with... means you respect us. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I call that respect, but you know, I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, it's like they all they have always like just had it out for Miami the way that they portray us, man. Yeah, you know, like always. It's sad, bro. It's just like, what are these? Listen, guys I'll doing? take that. That Miami's number one for the spot for for athletes to make money and eventually Miami will be back on top, you know, yeah. but I think, I think, I think SI literally just made it like a fool out of themselves by, by picking Miami. They're all standing there at the tunnel with like the money signs on their jerseys. You know what I mean? Same mine, 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 mine. I mean, listen, yeah. what is it? These are like, what's that ice age, the dodo yeah. birds, mine 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 mine, 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 mine. Yeah. That's exactly what they put it out as. So yeah, you know, like, look, sports illustrated is a dying publication, man. I mean, it, it, it it always, you know, it always has been, man. It's on its way out. Yeah. You know, um, it's just, it's just sad that they take a swing like that at, at us when, you know, I mean, you know, why is because King is really, I mean, it, find me another athlete who's been more at the forefront of this NIL stuff. I mean, you know, he announced a few weeks ago, him and Ragoni are doing a podcast together. So, you know, shout out to those guys, you know, we'll be there listening to that and supporting those guys. Um, you know, but I mean, he's he's made no secret about it that, uh, you know, that that, you know, he's he's going to take his NIL and, you know, he's he's going to he's going to push it, you know, so. It should be. And there's a lot of other things that are going on in the sports world. Obviously, I don't know if you caught it and we you know, we're down about four minutes. So let me bring this up. Did you watch any of the uh, track and field, any of the Olympic trials, gymnastics, things like that? I, I did not, and I just uh, I saw like just a couple headlines, but I don't know the whole. Oh story. man! Oh well. So Shakira Richardson, um, I guess, tested positive for marijuana. So now that oh. imposes almost like a thirty day ban. And if you watch that girl run, like that's literally a gold medal waiting to happen. And oh. I mean, it's not like she's taking performance enhancing drugs. You know, who knows? She could have glaucoma. You know what I mean? Like she she, she could have cataracts. Who knows? You oh. know. But now you're gonna potentially you know, de de derail her from going to the Olympics because she smoked a little weed. But to the Olympics defense, I don't know if it's allowed or not allowed, right? So you got to know that stuff going in. Um, yeah. just, just like a lot of the kids that are playing college ball, right, or even in the NFL. Like yeah. if you don't know what you can and cannot put in your body, that's why you have trainers. That's why you have medical yeah. staff. That's why you have people that you go to and say, Hey, I'm not feeling good. Am I allowed to take this over the counter medication? Um, and they will tell you yes or no. Right. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, you're a world-class athlete, man. You've, you, you should, you should know better. Right. Like, you correct. know, granted, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, to me, like, you know, alcohol is a hundred times worse than marijuana. Right. And, and what it does to you and, and, and what it causes and everything. But, you know, look, if the rules are, if you're a world-class athlete, an Olympic athlete, and the rules are, hey, you can get tested for this and this is not allowed, then you know what? When you're a couple weeks away from the Olympics, you better make sure that stuff's not in your system. You know, yeah. that that's not on, you know, us or anybody to feel sorry for us or sorry for you. 
That's on you. Correct. 100%. Yeah. 100%. There's no one to blame but yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it, does it suck? You know, I mean, do I wish, you know, because I, I love the Olympics, man. I love, yeah. you know, I love seeing this get out there. I love just watch. I love all the random uh, events that, that you get to watch in there, man. But, you know, seeing somebody get DQ'd for something that they knew was an obvious no-no, well, yeah. Yeah. I don't care if it's legal in states. If it's not legal in the athletic competition that, that you're part of, then, you know, you should have known better. Correct. Well, on that note, we should have known better not to run over our time. It's been a great two hours here on the Kang Gang Radio Show. Uh, I mean, listen, man, at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's the weekend. It's, it's another day closer to college football. It's another day, you know, closer to July 4th. Happy Independence Day to all you guys that celebrate the 4th. Um, you know, I'm thankful to be part of this, you know, great country called the United States of America. Uh, the red, white, and blue will, like, always be the best country in the world. So, uh, Bird, happy 4th. And, uh, right, brother. yeah, no doubt. You know, to everybody listening out there, I hope you guys enjoy your weekends. Be safe out there with your fireworks. Don't blow your hand up like JPP. Oh, JPP. And, uh, yes, <laughs> and uh, y'all do y'all thing, man. So appreciate you guys tuning in to the Kang Gang. For the Birdman, this is your boy DC. Signing off. Slam Radio. Kang Gang. Kang Gang. The views and opinions expressed on Kang Gang are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.